I wonder how many Hangouts on Air you can start from the same channel at the same time. <laughs> We're going to find out. We're really testing the infrastructure of Hangouts now. All right, Nick, I'll see you on the other side. <laughs> oh, wait, are we switching Hangouts? Yep. Okay. All right, let's get started with episode 131 of Future Chat. Everything is changing this week, and so I'm going to say the episode number. Nick, I, I actually want to start off with you because you've been gone the last couple of weeks. You're I now have. in a new locale, on a new computer, with a new internet provider. What's, uh, what's, ha- what's happening? Well, one, just my other computer, I just need to make a factory reset. That's really all there is to it. Um, and regarding internet providers, remember when I joked about whether or not Edmonton had internet? Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was... That was not nearly as hilarious as I thought it was. (laughs) So let me take you back. January 20th. Kai's got a new job offer and we're moving. Okay. I call tech savvy. I say, hey, I like you. They're like, oh, we like you too. I'm like, stop it. I bet you say that to all your paying customers. (laughs) Why are you flirting with them? (laughs) Just Rob, I have my methods. Don't question my methods. Okay. Sure. So I'm like, yeah, we're moving. Can you do that for us? They're like, yeah, absolutely. When do you want to? When do you want your service to switch over? Like, uh, February seventh. Seventh. We'll get there on the sixth, and the seventh we'll set up the internet. And everything will be right with the world. They go, okay, we can do that for you. That's great. That's wonderful. February seventh rolls around. No internet. February eighth rolls around. No internet. <laughs> February 9th rolls around, at which point I'm getting pretty concerned because they have a three-day window where they'll install your internet. And so I look up, sorry, the Friday before we moved, I got a call from Tech Savvy saying there was a problem setting up your order. And I'm like, okay, whatever, that's fine. I had to call them. I had to clarify a couple things, details. Right. So the 9th comes, and on the 9th, when they don't show up again, I look at the actual confirmation order they sent. It said, oh, okay, so because they do it a week out, they had rescheduled ours to the 10th or the whatever the Friday was without telling me. And I was like, okay, clearly this is my fault for not reading the order confirmation. I'm sure they'll be here tomorrow and everything will be fine. Everything was not fine. (laughs) Yeah. Um. So the 10th comes and goes, or the window on the 10th comes and goes, and I give them a call. I'm like, hey, what, what's up? They're like, oh, um, yeah, this this just didn't work. Like, I, I can tell that didn't work, but what happened? What does happened? that even mean? <laughs> yeah. They're like, and so this, this takes a long time the first time I'm talking with them. They're like, okay, so what happened was you used the same modem for Calgary and Edmonton. I'm like, yes. Why would I buy a new modem when the one I have is working perfectly? Yeah. This, this was a tech-savvy modem? No, this is actually Rob's old modem. It's the one they oh, recommend okay. that you okay. get. Oh, because yeah. they don't normally provide one? They no. do, but it's really expensive. Okay, sure. Okay. So we do that. Or I, I talk to them. They're like, yeah, so because you were using the same modem, we didn't actually cancel it properly the first time. So the modem was operating in two places at once so we just we couldn't put out an order for it because it was the same modem in two places and i'm like 
they're like, yeah, you should have, should have canceled that old modem. And I'm like, I, I'm pretty sure I said I was moving and I don't know what exactly that means to you, but I'm pretty sure that should have been canceled like two weeks ago at this point. And so long conversation later, I talk to them and say, okay, just, just set it up because they can only do it a week in advance. I'm like, just set up the appointment. I might be looking into new providers. I don't know, but just set it up. (laughs) And so then Kaya calls and is very upset with them. And so on Tuesday or Wednesday, we got a little wind mobile Wi-Fi thingy. It was pretty good. It was fun. Freedom, but go on. No, it was branded wind. <laughs> it was Freedom Mobile can, Service, right? Can you can you go into the details of what type of service this offered? <laughs> the like, worst the, Wi-Fi connection you could possibly imagine. But it, it worked out. It was off a USB 4G. dongle, right? USB no, no. dongle. You what? It you was, said it was a USB dongle. No, well, I thought it was beforehand, but it was this just little box. Oh, about okay. Yeah. Big. Yeah, like a hotspot. Like we have Yeah, windows. yeah, it's a hotspot. Yeah. Okay. That that's better. Than yeah, the dongle well, that it was, apparently not. It didn't but. work well. <laughs> More practical, maybe not. And as so okay, it was Thursday. So Thursday morning, when they said they would, when they said they would be there, comes and goes. And so I call them. Or no, sorry, they were supposed to come Friday. So Thursday, Kai says to me, "You know what? You might want to just call them and make sure they're coming tomorrow." And I go, "No, I'm sure it's fine. Like we talked to several managers about this. Like I'm sure it's okay." But I'll call anyway. Mm-hmm. So I call them. <clears throat> I say, hey, had some problems. I just want to make sure that you guys are coming tomorrow. They're like, oh, we don't have an appointment for you tomorrow. <laughs> and like, you know that moment where you're talking yeah. to someone and your brain just like, just explodes <laughs> and you you just don't know how to respond because you don't yeah. know what's happening. So I'm like, what, what do you mean you're not coming? Like you, you said you were, you said you were coming the first time and now you're telling me you're, you're not coming again. They go, yeah, um, hold on. So they say, so, so I'm calling them right as I go to pick up Kaya from work. So I tell them, okay, just don't do anything. Can you have someone call me back in an hour? Cause I have to leave right now and go pick up my partner. Right. They go, well, no, we can do it. I'm like, no, no, no. Like, I, I don't have time for you right this second. I can't deal with this. I need to go <laughs> for a little while and then come back to this. Yeah. So we get the call back. They received an email Wednesday night saying that the modem was booked in two separate places. This is the second time. This is the second time. <laughs> and so different manager apologizes profusely. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry. We just, we didn't cancel it properly. I'm like, I, I just, I can't, how, how are you doing this to me? How do you have a business that is running? Yeah. Like what is, I don't. And so, yeah, they're like, so what we'll do is, uh, we can schedule an appointment for next week, (laughs) next week we've been living. And they're like, oh, but we'll, we'll give you two weeks credit on your account. It's like, I should certainly hope we're not paying for this service that we're not actually enjoying right now. Right. And so, and so then, then we start making calls to other providers. Mm -hmm. And that was also just a lot of interesting stuff. (laughs) We call, so Kai says, I'm calling Shaw and I go, no, 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 no. Shaw, those, 
Those are the techs that are currently jerking us around, and I don't right. want to give them the first kick at it. You're right. And so we call Telus, and I've, I'm sure there was some sort of miscommunication, but I talk, we, we get on the phone with them. And I call, the, and they're like, okay, what can we do for you? I'm like, well, we need internet. Okay, you want, you want high-speed internet? I'm like, yes, that sounds great. <laughs> I want medium-speed internet. <laughs> well, like high-speed as opposed yeah. to DSL. Yeah, yeah. So talking to them, it's like, okay, where do you live? It's like, all right, we, this is the address checked on your website beforehand. So like it, everything should be okay. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, so you live in Edmonton? Like, yes, we live in Edmonton. What's the biggest city uh, near Edmonton? And again, <laughs> you just like, there's a thunk in your Wait, head. What? Cause like, yeah, I, it, uh, what do you mean? They're like, oh, well, you know, we don't actually offer high-speed internet service in Edmonton. It, it isn't in your area. I'm like, Edmonton's the capital city of Alberta. Yeah. <laughs> it is the biggest city near Edmonton. Yeah. I don't understand. And so that, that was actually the product of two or three calls because we kept getting rerouted into the right. wrong place with the TELUS call center. So finally, we call Shaw. And that conversation goes much better. Talk yeah. to the guy say, listen, I just... I'm looking for something like 30 megabits down. I don't need a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Like, okay. Well, if you do that for the first three months, it's like 50 bucks. And I go, okay, how much is it after that? Like, yeah. Well, after the first three months, it's 80 bucks a month. <gasps> this is why yeah. I was with tech savvy. Yeah. Yeah. It's an outrageous price. <laughs> and he goes, but listen, if you want to sign up to a two-year plan, which also, oh God, a two-year plan? Yeah, all of this, yeah. I can sign you up for the wide open internet. I'm like, okay, how much is it for the first year? Or he goes, for the first year, it's like 50 bucks a month. I'm like, okay, yeah. that's much more reasonable than everything else you're telling me. Mm-hmm. What's and the, the second, second year? year? <laughs> what What is it the second year? <laughs> well, it goes up to 80 bucks a month. I'm like, so it's the same price as your 30 megabit service. Good yeah. God. And so then the moment of truth. So how quickly can you get someone out, out to do this? He goes, oh, well, uh, I mean. They're already waiting. <laughs> we could get you someone to come out like Monday. But I mean, you can set it up yourself. It's not that hard. <laughs> like, and now I'm skeptical because I'm like, because clearly this has been just a horrendous endeavor and I don't know why it's a problem, but yeah, yeah. Like, so what, what do I have to do? He goes, well, can you get to a retail location? Cause you could just pick up the modem and take it home and plug it in and you could have internet tonight. I could have internet tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I wanted this whole time. <laughs> so I am currently on Shaw's wide open internet on a two-year plan. You, and I, I actually yeah. plugged in the ethernet cable just so that I could enjoy the wide openness of this internet. So I, yeah. what speeds does that offer you then? The 150? Uh, I mean, theoretically speaking, it's 150 symmetric, but in practice, I'm getting like 92 down and 15 up. What? <laughs> that sounds not right. Yeah, that's not right at all. Yeah, yeah. So, well, Nick. I mean, you're getting up to those speeds. But right. it shouldn't be that uh, off. If your internet isn't working, that's still up to those speeds. 
Um, the Nick, long and short, yes? Well, the long and short is that's exactly what they want you to do. <laughs> like, that's not even no, close not to symmetric. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's fine, but... I mean, yeah. I've I've made these calls to the big telecoms before, and mm-hmm. it's always well, it's up to that speed. <laughs> well, I never get that speed, so I'm gonna call the CRTC. Yeah, like actually, <laughs> if okay. I was paying for well, 150 symmetric, I was getting 15 up. I'd be, I'd be a lot more upset than you. <laughs> well, I mean, I think we might be in slightly different situations, and I might be predisposed to more gratitude towards actually having internet at this point. Yes. Right. Guys, I never broke five megabit or megabit. Yeah, yeah, I never broke five megabits up. Can you actually see me this week? Yeah. Can you see yeah. me when I like move around? Yeah. Yes. I I'd say it's equivalent to your best tech savvy day. That's upsetting. <laughs> <laughs> I meant that in a good way, but <laughs> um, this this episode is never ever going to come out. We've had so many issues, <laughs> and we're not broadcasting live, but um. I'm going to post for people who, for anyone who has made it this far into the episode. Oh, well, no one. Assuming it ever does get released. Oh, I thought it meant live because no one's live right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to post a link, Nick, to the um, a website on the CRTC website, the Commissioner for Complaints for Telecommunication Services. Okay. I feel like if you are willing to write up that story, they would actually have to be held somewhat accountable for jerking you around like this. Um, it like Jerking me around? <laughs> <laughs> that's literally their entire job is to give people internet that they have signed up for and you despite almost a month a month and a half of figuring this stuff out you don't have what you was advertised and you have spent a month on the phone with various providers like shaw shaw lines are what tech savvy uses to give people internet so the fact that yeah. they are able to provide this service to you where you can go to a retail store, pick up a modem, plug it in, and have internet means that Tech Savvy should be able to do that as well. And the fact that they can't is crazy. And the fact that, I mean, it sounds like Tech Savvy isn't blameless in this situation, but this is No, they're Shaw. not blameless. If, if they didn't have to deal with the fact that it has to be a Shaw service person that comes out and installs the internet you would already have you would already have had internet because they would have sorted out your problem and they would have said okay we're gonna if they had to send a tech they would like like shaw would do themselves they would say okay monday at the very latest we'll send it but you'd get a one day window you wouldn't be set up with a three day window where they yeah, could but that's, like that's just because it's a reseller well exactly but like that i'm fine with it's more yeah it's all of it why together. didn't they why didn't they change the modem over rob yeah, twice. Because they're not. I like that I can be in a new blameless. location, and I still have a window to my right that I can look out of. Yeah, <laughs> it's such a frustrating story to hear because, like, even did Tech Savvy provide this wind thing to you, or did you have to go and? No, get they it? provided it after okay. Kai yelled at them. <laughs> it for that to be the solution and to have it be basically worse than no internet because as we all know choppy internet is much worse than having none at all (laughs) yeah i'd rather a slower stable connection rather than choppy although like it worked not terribly like i think the problem was it kept switching from uh lte to 3g and every time it switched it just lost the connection Mm -hmm. or it 
mm. stopped your connection and it's like just just stay on 3g yeah. you can yeah. you can Please. set it to just stay on 3g mm. so <laughs> you know what when when i went through this with rogers I felt like I got jerked around a lot the same way and it was dealing with Rogers technicians that were supposed to come and then didn't and like tech savvy wasn't blameless. They went through their own set of issues with my service as well. But in the end, the most frustrating thing was having to say, oh yeah, by the way, I'm not paying you for this time, right? And they're like, oh yeah, I guess we'll credit your account. It's like, I haven't had internet for weeks. What do you mean you're going to charge me? Yeah, that's... That's the worst. Yeah. When you're when they're like, well, we can credit your account. It's like, are you charging me for this shit? Yeah. <laughs> like, honestly? Oh, but you did play directly into Shaw's hand. Like, they have no reason to change their behavior. Unless you complain, they have no reason to change their behavior because this is, they get a new customer out of this. Who does? Sa- Shaw. Yeah. Oh, I thought you meant tech savvy does. No. What? Yeah. Yeah. So that's next tech misadventures. Also, my laptop just keeps getting bogged down with I don't know what. So I think that's a factory reset that needs to happen. What what laptop do you have right now? Not the one you're using, uh, but your other one. Lenovo Y500. Y500? Yeah. Like it's still... I remember looking at specs for a new computer because this one's getting a little... Eh. And I'm looking at it, and it's it's still very well equipped. Like, I think it's i5 or i7, 8 gigs of RAM. Yeah. The i5, i7 thing is misleading, though, because they have, like, 10 generations of that. There are different generations yeah. of it, but yeah. I'm sure an i7 from 2013 is functioning at least as well as an i3 now. Oh, i3, yeah. I was going to say i5, because I think the i5s are pretty no. good right now. Yeah. I don't know, Nick. This How old is this? Lenovo? 2013. I bought it the okay. first time I was in Calgary. Okay. Seems not totally unreasonable. I think my laptop's 2013 as well. I bought it I bought it in Alberta too because I was like, I can buy this online and get like a third the sales tax? <laughs> what? <laughs> yep. Oh, wow. It's even got a 16 gig SSD. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, so it's great. great. As, I just... Not as great as it sounds. Is it though? The boot SSD. Works it's super fine, well but, for me. Yeah. I also have great entertainment um, running, what's it, the Unigen Valley Benchmark? Have you guys ever heard of that? No. Oh, whenever I was missing the mountains, I would just fire (laughs) up this thing that's actually meant to test your GPU. (laughs) Just wander around a mountainous valley online. Mm. It was good times. That's cool. So, Nick, this is no slight or disrespect to the computer, but (laughs) the fact that it comes with a 720p camera and wireless and wireless card is kind of indicative of that, how old that it was is. 2013 was ac even out i don't know i think that's reasonable is it though in 2013 but it, it, i mean it puts into perspective of how far we've come in that short time right that's i think that's what my laptop has the facetime cameras 720 and the wireless is n is it like yeah, your so. the macbook i yeah it's not ac for sure mine the is MacBook Air. i can connect to my 5g network there's 5GN. Is there? Doesn't mean you have AC. Mine, yeah. The one we set up is 5G AC. Right. Okay, but AC is backwards compatible. <sighs> Fine. Maybe you're right. <laughs> we have come a long way in technology, but Nick, I think your computer is just fine for the times. Maybe that just shows that mine is old too, because mine like is I'm a not, 2013 yeah. MacBook Air. I'm yeah. also not gaming on it or anything, yeah. so it's like right. it 
usually what it does is videos of cats and word processing. <laughs> Do people on the internet still watch videos of cats? Not that much. Oh, yeah. Who? <laughs> Two very different answers. <laughs> I think you're underestimating... Do you go on Reddit? I do. Most of them are dogs. Or now. sorry, it's not. It's not videos. It's gifs. I know, but okay. even then, they're I, mostly it's gifs, not yeah. gifs. They're mostly dogs, though. They're, I think it's dogs. There's no cats in. Yeah, it is a lot more dogs. The internet has come around. Yeah. <laughs> Fun fact: Google was always there. Google said they like cats, but they're a dog company. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I I honestly were half an hour into recording i think we have maybe five minutes of usable material where do you guys want to go from here mike i know you have a mobile corner planned out i i kind of i kind of want to talk about my compatibility because i had my own kind of tech semi misadventure but i feel like we should talk about something that let's do no let's let's do that and then we can maybe get to your password managers thing and lead into that discussion okay um yeah let's do that okay so i i had my own kind of We'll call it a tech problem. I won't call it a misadventure because it was only between myself. I wasn't trying to work with anyone else. Actually, that's not true. I did try to work with someone else. So I spend a lot of time sitting in front of a computer at work. And as a result of that, I'm having to remotely log in over the weekend when Mm. I have to do some work. Uh, Now, this is where the compatibility aspect comes in because my work computer is Windows 7 uh, for obvious reasons. The computer at home is Windows 10 because there's less uh also for obvious reasons yeah exactly so trying to remote in between windows 10 and windows 7 has more issues than you'd expect when it comes to translating a display resolution so when you're connecting over rdp the native uh windows remote desktop application it uh the host computer, the ho- the computer remoting into, will assume the resolution of the computer that you're remoting yep. with. So if you go into display properties, it shows your own, like your home computer resolution. So because my computer at work is dual display, and I wanted to have both displays working at home, I had to use a function of the video card that's on my work computer as well as my home computer to trick the computers into thinking that both displays make up a single wide Mm -hmm. display. So then you're effectively connecting one display to one display when you're remoting in. You're not trying to tell the computer to do two because RDP, again, doesn't allow you to... It doesn't support multi-display remoting. So that was kind of like my first kind of tech problem that I solved Mm -hmm. a while back. But now I bought a... uh, What's basically... A Microsoft Surface, but not like the cheaper version. It's a HP Elite X2. Wait, you? That's not. not <laughs> I don't accept. I don't accept what? your definition of it as like a Surface, but not because. No, it's it does the exact same thing as a Surface, but it's cheaper. Does it have the stylus? Yeah, and it's got the detachable keyboard. I'm skeptical, but go on. I mean, look yeah. it up. Yeah, like, yeah. We'll, we'll put a link in the show notes. Um. Anyway, so I got one of those, but because these newer computers have the high DPI displays, they don't play nicely when you're trying to put non-high DPI applications on that computer, like when you're trying to run them. Because, and this is part of what I learned in this whole process, is that stuff like font sizes, the way they're displayed is they'll assign, like a font of size 9 we'll say this many pixels per inch, right? 
or this points. you put this many pixels across points. screen assuming a yeah. certain dpi i think Was they that? use points instead of pixels sure yeah um basically yeah. the same for the purpose of our discussion so a font of size nine on a standard dpi display on a high dpi display is half yeah. as big basically or yeah, whatever, whatever the scale yeah. is right so that's what was happening with this other computer i got for when i'm on the road and i need to remote in uh because maria started using the macbook for work so i didn't have that around anymore so that's why we have to get this other computer so because of the high dpi when i remoted in the screen like everything on the screen was half as big or third 60 percent as big as it normally would be so it was like all oh, fairly tricky to use like trying to actually squint and see what you're doing so anyway i looked into changing the display properties like the zoom function that is there in the display properties for windows because you can you can scale everything like fonts and icons and whatnot to either 100 125 150 but when you're remoting in it doesn't allow you to do that okay so long story short or long story not (laughs) as long (laughs) i ended up having to download like this hotfix for windows to allow me to change the resolution while remoting in because other people obviously had this issue mm. too, because these things like the Microsoft Surface or just Retina displays in general, they're going to have that same issue, which funnily enough, when you remote in on the Mac, and this is why I never noticed it before, it handles the DPI yeah. perfectly. Like it scales everything yeah. normally. But when you're doing Windows to Windows, it doesn't do that. But Windows 10 to Windows 10, I think it okay. handles it. But Windows 10 to Windows 7, it won't handle it. So that's where the whole issue right. came in. So... Like I called Microsoft support and they started telling me I had to call their like specialist support line, which would cost like an hourly rate <laughs> of to course. actually get support. I'm like, are you kidding me? This is your own application. Yeah. Like you can't support it. So then I did my own Googling and people were talking about using other RDP, like remote desktop applications, like um, TeamViewer, like other types of things. And it wasn't working the way I wanted it to. You tried TeamViewer? So I'd use TeamViewer, but it doesn't, it doesn't do the scaling properly either it works fine for me that's i find that odd because i like even my solution with team viewer was when i was using two displays in my remote location and two mm-hmm. displays in my local location was just have two separate like you can split windows with team viewer and i would just have one mapped to one screen and one map to the other screen and i didn't even have to worry about right. any of that Right. This was this was related to using my smaller computer with yeah. the high DPI display. So this is a separate issue. It, I, I still find it like I solved because like TeamViewer lets you set the resolution of the remote screen. So it seems like you could set it to nineteen twenty by ten eighty or whatever sixteen by nine resolution you want. But the but if you tried it and it didn't yeah. work, then it didn't work. But yeah, like. I just, I wanted to be able to use the RDP yeah. as well because it's the most straightforward. I, I tried to use RDP kind of too and I was like, this is stupid. Why is this so bad? <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyways, this the, after enough Googling, I came across this hotfix that literally solved this issue of not being able to change your zoom mm-hmm. levels when you're remoting in. Like you still can't change the resolution, but you can change the zoom because my, uh, my laptop is actually by default set to zoom things to 150% because, again, the Windows doesn't really treat the high DPI displays perfectly. Right. Like, it still has to zoom it after the fact. It can't just say, oh, this system is high DPI, let's scale everything appropriately, mm-hmm. right? You have to just go in and say, zoom everything to 150%. So by 
remoting in normally, having everything shrunk, but then changing the zoom levels 150% on the other end as well, then it handles it right. perfectly. And then you just log out, log it back in, and then everything's zoomed to the right levels. Mm-hmm. So that's, uh, I learned, I learned a lot about how Windows handles and doesn't handle <laughs> the things that they, they build into right. their systems. And Sounds like, like. I'd, apparently if you do like Windows 10 to Windows 10, it works fine. But for one, I, I can't just upgrade my work computer to Windows right. 10. I mean, I could, but they wouldn't like that. <laughs> and Windows <laughs> 10 wish. is, Windows 10 is fairly unstable still for a lot of applications because they're not really designing them around how Windows yeah. 10 handles stuff. So, but yeah, yeah. Sounds, uh, it wasn't a, sounds uh, awful. Well, it wasn't a fun yeah. experience. Yeah. But I'm, I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked out that I was able to solve it. Like I was totally ready to set up like a dual boot system on my laptop to like have windows 10 booted. If I want to remote right. in or what's sorry, windows seven booted. If I want to remote in windows 10, otherwise I was thinking like doing a dual boot to Android. Cause the Android one seems to handle the remote desktop yeah. fine. Um, you know, like it's, it was a simple enough solution. I didn't have to go down that road, thankfully. Right. That's good. Yeah. I'm glad we're all having technology problems. I mean, I, I guess I'm really not, but uh, <laughs> not to say that I've never had them, but... I think what great. I really need Wait. is a dedicated box running... Actually, no. I'm trying to think. <laughs> I, w- I think I need a dedicated box that runs Windows just for professional things and... A little laptop that'll run Ubuntu just fine. Yeah. So that's that's what I need. That wouldn't be so bad. It would be great, I think. Nick, have have you looked into the Raspberry Pi? What specifically about it? Like that's what a lot of people use as a lightweight Ubuntu system. Yeah. Yeah. I've Yes, I'm familiar with it. <laughs> so um Rob, you you had some tech adventures editing the last episode the two episodes two ago. episodes ago three episodes yeah yeah i'm gonna have more this week <laughs> <laughs> i um well we, we talked a little bit about it in the, at the beginning of the last episode right uh i guess did we I don't it was mostly now. like i didn't have the tech problems nick's computer just stopped recording right. and then started recording midstream for no apparent reason yeah 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 we had to splice in the YouTube audio with yep. the regular audio and seemed to have worked. I haven't yeah, listened. Worked. I can't bring myself to listen. <laughs> I, I, other than that one spot where I left in two different recordings of the same thing, I think it went fine. I think it came out. Yeah. Um, I do feel like we have a bit of time, but I feel like a talking about password managers, especially in the light of the, the recent news, um, about Cloudflare and their pretty serious bug that, uh, Mike, you'd want to talk about password managers. I feel like that's a good good mm-hmm. spot to get to this from. Sure. Well, wh- why don't you introduce the Cloudflare thing <laughs> if you've yeah, familiarized yourself with it? I've been following it because I now run a couple of sites through Cloudflare, but apparently it it was... It didn't affect everyone who used Cloudflare. It affected people who used Cloudflare in specific ways. And so I don't think, like, when my site goes down, basically you just get redirected to a Cloudflare page that says there's an error and the site will be back up, as opposed to just seeing nothing. 
I don't think that I'm using any kind of cache from Cloudflare that if I got DDoS'd, um, that it would like rescue my page. Who's going to DDoS you? Well, exactly. That's the thing. But if you're running one password, someone I might. I mean, the GMO episode we did, sure, that might have gotten some rage. But I don't think the pro G- or the anti-GMO people are the type that are really up with DDoSing. Right. No, I, I agree. And I don't. it's not for me, but that's what I'm saying is that I don't have that service set up. But hmm. the clients of Cloudflare that do use that were left vulnerable to this thing. So did you guys read or hear about the cloud bleed they're calling it at all? I have no idea what's happening. This is turning into the new, like, gate. <laughs> yeah. Well, in this case, it makes sense because, right? like, it's bleeding information. And so it's Cloudflare, right. cloud, like, that portmanteau makes sense. But, yeah, I hope this doesn't turn into, like, calling everything bleed, even if it's not bleeding anything. <laughs> Um, so basically if you had HTML that wasn't well formed and therefore there was your page was broken in some way, even if it looked normal, uh, the, the way Cloudflare cached information, it would, or the way Cloudflare passed information to the site, you ended up with some encrypt information that was supposed to be encrypted that was sent over the air, not encrypted. And Google ended up actually, or Google and search engines, uh, including Bing, I think they said, and Yahoo, um, ended up caching some of that unencrypted information. So if you were able to form a search query through those search engines properly, you could find this unencrypted information that was like passwords and user information. That was only if you inspected the CSS of it, Not right? anyone could do this, but there there were you could there's a way to find unencrypted information in google caches because of this bug that theoretically otherwise if it hadn't been cached nobody ever would have really noticed um apparently they were doing some kind of like i think it was white hat hackers were doing some kind of random audit of some system and discovered this and then immediately disclosed it to to cloudflare um, so like people like one password were affected by this because they use Cloudflare as a service, but no passwords from them were leaked because they, and they went into great detail on their website with a blog post about how they take password safety very seriously. And so even if there was a leak of your encrypted passwords, you need your master mm-hmm. key and that was never leaked. And so basically, right. can you link, link that in the show notes? Cause I was sure. curious about that too. When I heard one password was, uh was affected because and we'll get into this a bit later but uh just before we continue do you want to go into what cloudflare actually does like as a service so i like i said i use the very very basic feature of it which is basically you run your website websites have this these things called name servers that i know very little about except that you need to point them to a thing and cloudflare basically acts as a third-party service to be a middleman between your your website itself and the typical name server which would be normally your your registrar where you register the domain and so yeah that is a service they offer for sure and so if you do get um ddos rather than getting pushed to your site uh it will first cloudflare will first check your site and if your site returns an error they will just tell you what that error was as opposed to sending you to the page Mm. Uh, and so that is a service they offer, but they also offer actual protection. And so they, they will cache your site information. And if your site gets a denial of service attacked, it will actually protect, it will actually use those cached pages to send them to a version of the website that is running properly. Right. 
And as far as I know, that was the, it was those sites that there was a problem. And so it, it affected, it did affect some sites. There were, I think dating sites. And I, I feel like any company, any big company who had people logging in, cause this, this has been a problem since apparently September, October or something. And so like the president's choice PC plus app in Canada had a bunch of users reset their passwords. Apparently like maybe in relation to this, um, the scene card had people reset their passwords in relation, like around the same time. So it's like, where if they must've been using Cloudflare and like, this is just a, a precaution. Cause as far as I know, there weren't, there was no password dump from any, any of these sites, but, uh, typically that's what it would be is their, their cloud protection for, I guess, I guess it's like medium sized sites because normally big sites like Google sites would typically have built in protection from Google for this, where that you'd get, you just get a different CDN, um, sending the information as opposed to whatever one that was getting denial of service, but medium sized ones that don't have enough for their, their own distributed content network would end up falling back on Cloudflare to provide that protection. And that was, that was where this whole thing happened. But again, I'm not, hmm. I'm not a web security expert. And so yeah, I'll, I'll post. Now I'm the, no web security expert, but <laughs> I'll post it. No, no, no. I'm not. I'm saying I'm no, I'm not trying to say, but I'm saying go and read. I'll put, I'll post the one password uh, blog post and I'll post the Cloudflare blog post. So okay. if you want more information, you can learn a bunch about it, but I don't think my site was affected in any way. Yeah. This, this doesn't seem I'd like reading the initial Google forms post mm. that this thing kind of got uncovered or developed. It sounds as bad or worse than yeah. Heartbleed, but it seems less bad for, for as far as affecting yeah. us. Like as the we people. don't necessarily know the full extent yet. I don't think in terms of us, like regular people, but it does seem worse because Heartbleed was like your specific Android device had a bunch of could have a bunch of stuff stolen from it, whereas this yeah. is just it affects web servers and basically these hackers in a, they approached Cloudflare and said, we found this bug. Here it is. And Cloudflare went, or I don't know if it was the hackers or Cloudflare, both went to sites like Google and Bing. And before disclosing the bug, they said, hey, your cache has a bunch of unencrypted information. Can you scrub this from the, the caches? And so they did mm. that before disclosing that this has happened. So right. in theory, you always have with, the, with those kind of zero day attacks, you always have the possibility that someone else was exploiting it. But because it's so infrequent that those kind of things are discovered, that it probably wasn't and there are probably hundreds of other bugs like this in security software and and just software in general that could theoretically be leaking this information if somebody was looking but it's so hard to find that it's not it's not something that happens very often so has anyone called this a intentional nsa backdoor no not that i've seen okay (laughs) (laughs) because people were saying that about heartbleed weren't they i didn't hear that but i don't pay that much attention to the android side of things there's something else but i don't know like you usually hear that where the nsa has left backdoors and you know even though nobody quote unquote knows about it chances are if somebody came across it they just use it without saying anything yeah if they were malicious intent yeah i yeah there this whole the whole internet security thing and device security and all that always comes down to it reminds me of the the xkcd which i could probably find in five seconds but i won't find right now but i'll post a link to about actual hacking and how it works and it's like you could spend a million dollars developing this tool um to crack passwords or you can just like hit someone in the head with a wrench 
with a five dollar wrench and say tell me your password and then get in <laughs> and it always seems like that is the more effective hacking method than than spending multi-millions of yeah. dollars to do it yeah well it depends what you're going for yeah. right like you either do a targeted hack where you go with the wrench mm -hmm. method or you do the you know shotgun method where you're buying you're buying usernames and passwords from the black yeah. market or whatever and just start trying to get as much right. as you can Be, well and because it's kind of that that scenario where you're just trying to gather as much information personal information about people as possible that's almost like with that kind of security problem you end up with it's kind of like a if you spot a bear in the woods and you're with a group of people you don't have to outrun the bear you just have to outrun your other people and so if you're better protected than the least protected mm -hmm. people you probably won't get affected and so like my i have had a password that got out into like i think it was through adobe or something one of the one of those leaks from years ago that one of my passwords got out and but i just don't i don't repeat passwords right. and so i don't really care that that password's out and about because it would take when people go and try to hack into systems using those password leaks all they do is check this username and this password they don't like they or they or they use they create a password data bank with all those passwords in it and they just brute force with all, with that list of passwords. And so if the only password that you end up getting hacked from is the one that's on that leaked list, but if you're using, and so if you're using the same password everywhere, then you are going to be like, you're going to specifically be unaffected. But even if you use a password trick, like is often recommended to use one relatively strong string and then append a few characters to it at the end, nobody unless somebody is specifically targeting you and have your that leaked password they're not going to go and try variations of your specific password with other characters on it and so you're you're that's like basically safety by obscurity you're not it would be like if one day you left your house and you left a window open you're not really there's no effect of it like that's not a security risk really because unless somebody is checking your windows every day they're not going to ever notice right. that See, and on a tangent, uh, mm. depending on the communities, there are some people who go around checking cars and windows every day. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so heard, yeah. that is a legitimate risk in some places. I mean, like, in some places, even in yeah. our own community, like, and with the uh, ubiquity of, you know, home security cameras now, mm. uh, you have people posting videos like, oh, these guys are back again tonight. And they're just going up and pulling on handles or looking in car windows or whatever, right? Like, yeah. And it's just... The, it's the same people doing it on mm. these nights and it's like okay well i guess and, yeah out there right that's the same scenario where you just have to be better protected than the least protected thing because in theory those people aren't trying to steal every car or break into every house they're trying they might be trying to get one score and the, with, and they're looking they just have to open a door yeah. grab some stuff and leave yeah they're not going around breaking windows they're looking for cars right. that are already open or garage yeah. doors that are already open right yeah. And so I always think even if I leave my, if I accidentally don't lock a car door or I accidentally don't lock my house, it's like I'm protecting myself from the least or the most common thing. But if someone steals my car because I left the door unlocked, they're still stealing my car. That's still, a, that's a crime. And they could still steal my car. If I locked the door, mm -hmm. they just break a window. Like if they really wanted to steal my specific thing, me putting these minimal defenses, like we have windows on our houses if someone wants to break into your house, they just have to throw themselves through a window. You, there's no re reasonable way to stop every crime. Well, I mean, just they like, could use a hammer and then well, just come yeah. in. 
<laughs> Rob, you would make the worst that thief. <laughs> no, but I'm saying even if you a made big your bay window. <laughs> yeah. If I just charged through that, I could get in. Without the yeah. added hassle of carrying a hammer. I I can see what, that happening yeah. in like one of those buddy criminal movies. Mm. Stand back, guys, I'm putting on my goggles. <laughs> Safety first. <laughs> Yeah, so I I always make that analogy between physical, like safety in the physical world and digital. You don't have to be, you don't have to buy a thousand locks. You don't have to put like 56 character passwords on every website. But the more protected you can be, the better. And if you're, they're going to try to steal, like the people who are going to get their identity stolen online or be suffer from any kind of fraud or anything like that are going to be the people that use password or use one, two, three, four, five, six as their login for Gmail. Like those are the people that are going to get affected by this. And I found it interesting actually on a related note, because I mentioned um, PC plus and how they asked, they had everyone do a password reset. Um, When they asked me to reset the password, they, they gave, you have to have uh, an uppercase letter, a lowercase letter and a number in your password. And so I was like, okay, that's fine. I, I have crafted my, my custom password for sites to fit all those characteristics already. And then you get the, <laughs> the stupidest password reset thing I've ever, I have ever seen. And you see it all the time. There's an eight character maximum length on the passwords. <laughs> and my custom password does not fit with that criteria because it's longer than eight characters, of course. Oh, I hate the ones where you've set it up to have like, Uppercase, yeah. lowercase, number, special character. And then mm-hmm. they're like, we can't actually handle numbers. <laughs> it's like you can handle special characters, but you can't handle numbers. Yeah, that's accurate. Um, <laughs> please don't have those. <laughs> yeah, and that it really worries me. So I sent an email to, I replied to that email and I assume I'm not going to get a response, but I also sent an email to the feedback um, address they gave so, like I feel like I've done my due diligence to be like this is stupid why like you're ma- they had me reset my password I don't they didn't say there was a breach specifically just that out of precaution they're going to have people reset their passwords they made me make my password less secure by resetting it yeah so Rob uh, that email that you sent was it to uh, Mr. Neil O reply uh, no okay I mean the first email I sent was to I think I can find it I'm sure I can find it um, it was it was just to the email, but it was like PC plus at presidentschoice.com or something, whatever it is. It was not a no reply <laughs> address. <laughs> no, it's an address that has the filter set to forward all to junk or all to delete. Yeah. Skip the inbox. Uh, it was reply at email.pcplus.ca. Oh, that's even better. That's like the opposite of no yeah, reply. Yeah, she guaranteed but I also a reply. Sent it, yeah, the, I also sent it to memberservices.pcplus.ca, which is the site that they where they ask for um feedback right for all pc plus member inquiries so i don't think i'm going to get an answer because what i said was um i hate to be that guy but if you want to stop password fraud don't enforce eight character maximum passwords with with required number capital letter special character yeah because that just reduces the number of permutations or number of exactly combinations i guess that they need to test yeah well it does no in practice it does sorry in theory it does but in practice it doesn't Maybe not of maybe not to make enough them. of a difference, but right. It doesn't enforce that you have a special character as the last character, right? But it, it just it, you know it there's anywhere. at least one number, at least you're reducing a tiny fraction of yeah. the permutations that are possible. But yeah, um, they did make my password 
less secure by design right. than it was before this. Right. Um, I, I do think I will send another one if I don't hear back because the, these things are all at the front of my mind now. Right. All these the, with the cloud bleed. Yeah. So there's actually another piece of news here that I had seen some tweets about, but I wasn't sure what it was related to, like the SH1. Yeah. Uh, SHA, yeah. SA, oh, sorry, SHA1 collision. <clears throat> Uh, yep. I again I didn't read I actually read more on the cloud bleed than this one. Um mm. I think I read the link that you had posted. But what uh okay. this was regarding hashing methods? Yep. And this has basically from what I'm reading and from what I had heard about cryptography before, uh SHA one was basically already deprecated because it was theoretically crackable. Mm. Uh it was just that nobody had come up with a a distinct method to crack it and now they have done that so if you're not familiar with cryptograph cryptographic hash functions i hate words that are pronounced differently depending on the suffix <laughs> um it was already broken like it was already determinedly broken as a hash function and so people were using it but most big companies that used cryptography had phased it out in, in favor of some other thing like usually sha256 and Basically, what they were able to do is they were able to develop some method. And I think they said they were going to post the source code or within 30 days they were going to post it because they usually give people time. Um, I think they did set they set up a, a tool of some kind that you could download and check if your security was vulnerable to it, to the to the actual exploit mm-hmm. they found. But basically, they were able to... The, the whole point of hashing is that you can run a hash function on a file or on some bit of code or some bit of text, whatever it is. And it will give you a string of random characters that is supposed to be unique. It's supposed to be so unique that if you ran a random number generator, a random character generator for the length of the universe, you would never hit a collision, which is when you would come up with the same, like two different files having the same hash function. And basically what they were able to because do is they, they were able to... they take characteristics from the file as a seed for the hash. Like, that's the whole yes. purpose behind the hash, yeah. right? Yeah. They run a function right. on the file right. itself, the contents of the file, in order to generate this random string of characters. Right. And they were able to generate a tool that will arbitrarily, um, outside of the contents of the file itself, they were able to arbitrarily generate a collision between any arbitrary file and a specific file that they're able to craft. So basically... The whole point of cryptography is that if something has a specific hash, you can be certain that if you take a different f- or a set another file, a file that you want to check the the um, actual authenticity of, you can run at the same hash function on it and you'll get the same string of characters. And so basically what you could do is you could write up, say you write up a contract for some big business deal, you hash it and you get this 32-bit string of characters or whatever length. You could email that file to someone if it got intercepted on the way or changed in some way you would run the hash function on it again and you you would get a different string of characters if it had been changed and you get the same string of characters if it hadn't been changed and what they were able to do is basically now you could hijack a file change it in transit to say anything you want but it would still come out with the same hash function and that effectively breaks that cryptography which has happened before it's happened in the past that hash functions have been broken uh, they, they recommend you stop using them, but now there is a tool to arbitrarily do this. Like it's, it's fully broken. And so they're basically just saying 
if you're still using this, we told you not to a while ago. It was deemed insecure and that it would eventually be broken and now it's been broken. The hashing, does it just act on the file name and metadata or does it actually hash the file contents itself too? The whole content. Okay, good. Okay, because you mentioned the file name, but you can't generate a file just based on the file name. You'd have to... No. decrypt the yeah and that's data. that's the other thing is that because of the way like it's used it uses prime number factoring um algorithms usually um and because of the way they work you can't easily take a hash and regenerate the contents of the file that's the whole point of it and so you can you can share classified information or secret information without actually sharing the information itself you just share the hash yeah. and so if you can arbitrarily generate a file that comes up with a specific hash it makes it totally useless as a security right. feature. Um, yeah. So so there'll be a link and you can go read about that if you're interested in hearing more. But Yeah. I mean, this this all coincidentally ties together very uh, timely because I, I mm. on a third, you know, three parties that all want to talk about the same thing at the same time is pretty cool. Because <laughs> um, I, I wanted to talk about my, uh, my interest in in password security because i had for the longest time for the better part of my my life had always used you know the same password for everything because why wouldn't you it's way easier it it is way easier (laughs) (laughs) um and then they came out with this two-factor authentication and i was like oh that's awesome like it added security onto my single password now i can use the same password everywhere again (laughs) (laughs) or it was more like for the important stuff like google and whatever like they have two-factor everything else is like oh home depot why would i care if they have two-factor like i don't care Mm -hmm. if that gets cracked um but then i started reading about how like yeah you know we were talking earlier how people will buy passwords for one thing and then just ram it against every other account in history using the same because everything now logs in with their email address right so that's like yep. instant vulnerability right there because they'll say, oh, well, this is maybe the password for their email too. And then they'll mm-hmm. try to use that, right? And then they'll, yeah, around that same email password combination with Twitter, with Facebook, with everything, basically. And that's essentially how most hacking occurs these days, I'd, I'd say, is these password leaks that get sold on the black market and people just use them at their, their own whim. Uh, mm. So, you know, I, I've heard a lot about password managers you know like one password last pass and maybe one other one i think those are the two main ones anyway yeah uh and so i i've been wanting to try one for a while and the wire cutter recommended last pass and it seemed to be good so i've i've been testing that for the last week or two and i think the biggest surprise to me is realizing how many sites i use passwords for it's like yeah it's like thousands yeah like they have this have this thing called a vault that's in your uh like they have widgets for uh or extensions for chrome for Mm -hmm. microsoft edge for inner explorer i think uh android ios like it covers all the bases which is why i went with LastPass, is because it is pretty much everywhere and so the vault shows all your safe passwords and it's like yeah, there's so many sites that use it and all these password, all these sites are using the same, you know, combination of three passwords or whatever, right? Because at some point I stopped using just one. I was like, well, right. maybe I should mix it up and have three. So I can I can test three different ones and I know it's one of those if, if I don't put yeah. the right one in the first time. <laughs> but then it's like, okay, well, like I've seen credit card leaks from places like Home Depot and yeah. like Home Depot isn't going to have, you know, world-class security usually. They might, but I wouldn't trust them to. 
So why would I trust them with one of the passwords that I use for actual? I trust them stuff? to help me build stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, but <laughs> that stuff is not uh, web security. No, exactly. That's <laughs> like that's sarcastic, but it's true. Like it's uh, it's it's one of those things. So that's where password managers, I think, help a lot. Is for kind of those one-off, you know, create an account to do whatever type instances that you don't want just a a password that's used in actual important stuff to be leaked, then you yep. can use the, the last pass to, to do that. And you don't have to remember the password because it's randomly generated and then it's saved and you log into the last pass using your master password, like yep. Rob alluded to. So, and I trust LastPass with a very important password a lot more than I trust any other service, you know, maybe yeah. Google because they have their two factor and actual security experts, but mm. uh, a lot of other sites, they don't, they don't have that type of security. So, um, and yeah, and, and I'm comforted by the fact that things like Twitter and Facebook and, and Google all have two factor authentication. Yep. So that's kind of the last line of defense where someone does somehow get my randomly 32 character generated password and uses it. Then it will say, Hey, someone's trying to log in. Is that you? Yep. Um, so I think I'm at the point now where I'm I'm comfortable with my internet security situation. Uh, I don't know if you guys have tried password managers before, but I've I've really been happy with LastPass so far. And I guess until we see a, a LastPass master password leak, which I hope that we never would, because that's their yeah, business. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, and again, so with the master password. The, the the defining feature of LastPass, one password, and those actual certified, like secure, trusted by governments and security agencies and all that, those places, they do not store your master password. They will hash your master password and salt it, which is, again, another cryptography term of adding random characters to it. Um, they don't actually store it. They they store a hash of it and they check the hash against the hash that they had stored before. So they don't ever actually put your password on their servers. So even if they, even if they leaked all their information, all they would get is a bunch of encrypted passwords from people's password stores, but you can't actually unlock (laughs) that unless you have the master password that they don't keep. They, they, by def, by design do not want your password. They don't want to see it at all. Right. Isn't that the whole like prime number thing? Yeah. yeah. They use for cryptography. Yeah. Yeah. No, and, and I figured, like, I remember reading something about them hashing passwords, but I, when when they said, oh, put in your master password, I'm like, I'm pretty sure there's some other level of security that you don't see when you do mm-hmm. that. Um, but I wasn't, at, you know, completely sure, familiar yeah. with what they did. But I remember hearing about their hashing and salting. Yeah. What a lot of companies will now do is not, they won't even let you set a password. They will do everything through email. They will mm. say, they won't send you... Um, they won't give, let you reset your password. They won't let you set a password at all. They don't want you to have a password. They will just, you say, I don't, I can't get in. And they will, or you can even say like, I want to log in. And they will send you an email and you click a link in that email and then you get logged in. Like that is what, uh, I know Overcast does it, but Slack also does that. Slack will just send you a magic magic link to your email if you don't want to enter your password. Hmm. And that's another secure way because then they don't, again, don't they don't want to store your password. They only... Hmm. The most they ever want to store is a salted version, a salted hashed version of it. Right. And uh, when I was growing up, and I say growing up, but when I was in university, I started off using Chrome browser as my password manager 
because it saves all your passwords. And at the time, when it, when they first debuted that password manager, I had nothing important. I still don't really have anything important. But at the time, I literally had, I was like my email passwords, which had nothing in it, like my school passwords. And But when they first debuted that feature, you could just go to, what was it, like Chrome? Oh, yeah, uh, right. Colon slash slash settings slash password. And it would just show you in plain text all your passwords. <laughs> it's now at least locked with your system password whatever whether it's windows or whether it's um your mac or linux they will all use whatever the system user password is um so i feel like and they also they will also actually let you encrypt that so when you sign on a new computer they'll let you use a, an encrypted passphrase kind of similar to the master password where you can't actually get access to any of the information in your google account unless you use that passphrase and so i feel pretty comfortable using that I mean, I've, I've been using it for years and I've never mm-hmm. had any kind of security thoughts, like concerns with it after they, after they obviously password protected it. Cause before that was just silly. Right. But uh, yeah. So I still use the browser password managers mm-hmm. in conjunction with my last pass passwords. Right. So I, I don't know if that's defeating part of the security of last pass by doing that. Because I guess you're trusting the browser to yeah. keep those passwords secure. I mean, like they're unique, essentially throwaway passwords, but like or yeah. single-use passwords. Um, but I don't know if I'm kind of not using that properly. the The interesting thing with that is that you don't know your password, right? You like you could find it out, but you don't yeah. actually know any of your passwords. They're just randomly generated characters of strings. Like you're never ever going to know it. So if you forget your master password, you are locked out of everything. Yeah, that's the reason I haven't set it up yet because that's terrifying to me. I actually had to reset my TeamViewer account recently. I had to just throw away my old TeamViewer account and set up a new one because I set up two factor authentication and then I um. I forget what I did, but I like lost the backup of my phone. Mm-hmm. And so I couldn't send two-factor authentication codes to it anymore. Right. And so I was just like, all right, well, that is secure now. <laughs> so I can't use it. See, and, and well, that's why I haven't set up for uh, the last pass password for my Gmail. Because yeah. like everything is reset and done through email now. So like, and you know, my devices are logged in through Google, like all this stuff. And I mean, I trust LastPass but I don't want to rely on LastPass for like something as important as my Google one. And Google has a two factor. So I trust that to be enough security for what I need. Yeah. So Nick, what do you use? Uh, primarily Google's okay. just the Chrome password yeah. manager. I am pretty happy with it. Yeah. That used your pseudo password for Linux, right? No. Well, I mean, Wait, what? <laughs> like when you go in, like if I go in right now to, um, I know you're not on Linux, so it won't, but if I go into Chrome settings right now um, and I go to show a password, it will get me to enter my, like if I click show, it oh, pops up. Um, no, I didn't think it did. Th- I don't think it did that. Okay. So Linux version is not as secure as the Windows and Mac one because the Windows and Mac will both well, ask you for the system password maybe, in order to access it. I think you had to log in to google to get access but okay i mean in theory like they always say if you have if someone has access to your actual device your physical machine yeah 
you're kind of screwed either way. Mm -hmm. So that's the only scenario where that would ever come up. But I do like the fact that they took that step to add an extra layer where you need the system password in order to access other passwords. But I feel like, again, you can get around it if you have physical access to the machine. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not it's not any different, really. <laughs> so, Mike, did that adequately address your your things about where we were at with password managers? I think so. I, I think I'm coming away with this more confident in this system I have now after talking about it with you guys. I, I have really thought about using 1Password, but yeah, the main thing is that I like knowing what my passwords are and I'm never ever going to even remember one of the passwords that it just generates. Yeah. But you don't, you don't need to if you have the extensions. Right, you don't need to, but I don't feel maligned enough to need it. Like if I became a public figure that is then exposed to more scrutiny of security then i would right. probably strongly consider doing it but right now there's no reason to set up any more security but right now don't have unwind me, media does not have that many fans <laughs> so we're we're secure through being obscure obscurity yes <laughs> well you always want for a media company yeah oh yeah <laughs> uh like i i think i've told you guys how someone was trying to access our account like our gmail account at one point and I was yeah. essentially real-timing fighting that attack. Yeah. Like, I was trying to beat the person to reset. Like, so someone had accessed our account. and I'm it not said, sure oh, I remember someone this. Someone just logged in through from Thailand or wherever it was, Philippines. Mm -hmm. So I logged in, and I couldn't access the account because I think by that point they changed the password. So then I sent a reset to a backup email, like right. to my own, my own personal email because this is our Mike and Marie email. So then I reset it through there and then was able to stop them from accessing it again, I think. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I don't remember exactly the sequence, but it was similar to that where they had already accessed the account and reset the password. So I had to to reset it myself through the, yeah. the backup email. And hmm. since then, like, that's when I started, I set two-factor for everything because I think two-factor had just started coming out. Um, so then I set up two-factor for that and two-factor for my own and then... From right. this point on, like any time a place offers two factor, I always, I always use it. Yeah, good work, Mike. Thank you. I, uh, the only two factor things I think I've set up now are Apple and Google, and I really like Google's because you don't need Authenticator anymore because you can just have it send things to your devices. Although I'm wary because now it sends alerts to my phone and my iPad and my Android phone, just because it's more convenient. Like I'm choosing convenience over security of just having one device but i'm kind of just been okay with it mm -hmm. and uh yeah so i don't know well, maybe i'll change that later but i really find it handy when if i have to walk all the way across my house to get my phone i'll just i'd rather have it on the ipad that's sitting right there <laughs> if if i'm in that room like i can just spread out my devices and i'll always have something that is a, a second factor right right near me because in theory someone would have to steal one of those things in order to to get access and at that point i would just go into if if my phone got stolen i would go in and turn that device off as a right being a factor i just use like sms two factor <laughs> don't ugh me <laughs> no i'm ugging sms not you <laughs> uh so we didn't really get out of follow-up again and we've hit time how does that make you feel mike i'm i'm okay with it we still had a good discussion yeah. all right in that case I will say thank you for listening to this week's episode. Assuming you got through it, 
Hopefully we'll be live next week, but hope it's possible that Hangouts on Air is just dead forever. Talk to you next week. Toodaloo. Ciao. Have you guys have you guys had an in-depth discussion on Gen 2? Uh, we had an in-depth discussion on the introduction of Gen 2 as like a half hour thing. So after we're done here, hmm. there is a Houndour nest that is down at the U of A that I plan on hitting. And then sometime this week, I would like to go hit the Chikorita nest near Kaya's work. Ooh, I am so stoked. <laughs> There's also a ghastly nest not too far away. And that's like third priority. Nick, did the you legislature he- is crawling with snubble, which I don't even, I don't even want to grand bull that much. So <laughs> did you hear about the new ghastly strat? No. Yeah. There's a new ghastly strat. Do tell. So if, if you level up a ghastly to, I believe it's like between 35 and 40 CP, like level one and a half okay. or two or something. Yeah. And you use a evolved haunter, level one haunter with shadow claw, you can effectively do bubble strat. Like it's, it's not the same thousand XP per battle. It's usually around eight to 900, depending on the level difference between your haunter and your ghastly. Okay. Um, and it works best when ghastly has astonish because it's a longer Mm. move, but even lick can work. Like I have one that has lick and then the haunter with shadow claw and it gets knocked out about two or three out of 10 times. Interesting. But huh. Yeah. Um I'm actually I'm thrilled with my I actually got two Gengar because I really wanted to get one with Shadow Claw Sludge Bomb and one with Shadow Claw Shadow Ball for the dual ghost typing. Mm-hmm. Both of those now. Then I evolved two more and just kept getting Hex and Sludge Bomb, which I figured good enough, but <laughs> I haven't used it to battle since they redid the moves. Mm. But um it's just, I found it hard to battle with because you did two quick attacks and then you had to hit a charge attack, which is great for damage dealt, but it's a glass cannon, so it can't take that much, that many hits. Yeah. Anyway, completely separate, but um, I haven't actually found myself using any sort of bubble strat for, uh, I think basically since... They updated the prestiging system. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess it's different because in our community, I'll usually say, hey, I'm going to go and bubble this, come fill it. But if you don't uh, if you don't have a setup support system for a gym, it's kind of yeah. pointless to and do I, it. I actually think there's a there's a instinct team around mm-hmm. because I keep an eye on the gyms at the legislature and they go from... Like they go from being whatever mystic or valor to level 10 instinct overnight. Mm. Hmm. Nice. Although there's some challenges with the, uh, with the gym etiquette here. <laughs> In what way? With the gym shaving? Or? I'll just, no, like someone will take a gym and then say, oh, hey, I'm putting in my blissey. It's like, oh, that thing. Yeah, thanks. Right. Mm. That's great. <laughs> Good call. Did- That's a great first addition to a gym. Did you uh, see that link I sent Rob in the Slack? Jim Hunter? Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. I haven't looked at it yet. Yeah. I saw that it was there. It shows you everything about the Pokemon that are in what gyms. 
I mean, it's, really? it's, it's, it's I just find it useful to check on the gyms that you're in mm-hmm. to see if sure, that's a terms of service violation. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> what isn't these days? If you, well, if you don't like for me, if you don't exploit it and just go around and start targeting all these gyms to try to put your Pokemon in, like if you're not, oh violating man, that's the, cool. If you're not violating the spirit of the game, I think you're fine. Yeah, that's how that's how Niantic's gonna prosecute. <laughs> That'll be my defense. <laughs> it should be a feature in the game. Anyways. I think it should. I agree. Mm-hmm. Also, seeing the number of Alakazam and gems right now, it's just oh silly. really. Oh, I don't see any. I didn't notice that, yeah. They're fairly popular, and I think it's just because of the CP of them. Yeah. But the other, well, like the funny thing about it is with Umbreon in the game, I'm not sure everyone's figured that out, but if you have an Umbreon, no Alakazam is that bad. Mm-hmm. The right. the thing, though, is like a strong Vaporeon is easy for like to handle Alakazam. Like, it's tanky, so it can handle the high attack of, of Alakazam, and you're dodging anyway, and it's neutral type advantage, so you don't carry. You just, and Alakazam's so glassy anyway Yeah, that yeah. Vaporeon's going to just cut through it. Yeah, although Umbreon has the advantage of uh, the hard counter status. Oh, I know. Of, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, although, I, like, if you have a Vaporeon, there are very few things in the game that are challenging, save for except hmm. maybe... Venusaur and now Exeggutor. Yeah. Makes sense. It's because confusion hits a lot harder now. <laughs> oh, does it ever? Oh, yeah. I, I should go, you guys, but if you guys want to keep talking, feel free. I should probably go as well. Those yeah. Houndour are not going to catch themselves. Isn't it Houndour? I have no idea. Houndour? Houndour sounds better. See, Kai and I haven't watched nearly enough Pokemon to catch up. So I, Houndour. I, I don't know. I know Houndoom is the next one. Right. So Houndour and Houndoom sound more similar. Houndour. <laughs> Houndour do. Houndour do do. Houndour. We're idiots. Okay. <laughs>